0: I feel what Father wants this morning and tonight is more almost for me to have a conversation than us to have a conversation than me just preaching go bang, 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 bang. Is is that cool? I'm not going to promise I won't go bang, 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 bang. But uh, there's a few things that are in my heart that this is what I felt Father say. Have a conversation and share some things that will empower you in your walk with God. Sometimes we want the next thing that we're going to do and sometimes we just need to be empowered to take another step closer to God. And that's what I want to talk about. But One of the things, and if you were here, last time I was here I talked about seeing what Father says. As Father sees it, was anyone here for that? It's one thing to hear what God says, but then we can self-interpret and be off and running and go, oh, that's what it looks like. And God's given me... A clearer pitch, even since I was here last time on that, and gave me the illustration of if I gave a prophetic word to someone that you're gonna have significant influence in Africa. Let's say there was a prophetic word given that you will have significant influence in Africa. How many people know what the prophetic word says? You will have what significant influence in Africa. But this is what he showed me. He said Steve, that could mean that you hear that word and you go, great, I'm I'm off to Africa. And you get your passport, you get on the next plane, you head over there and God births something in you and you start something new. And through something new that was birthed in the heart of God that you started, you will have significant influence in Africa. How many people know this could be an interpretation of that, a fulfillment of that? Are you with me? God showed me, maybe you go, to a place and rather than start something God draws you to something that's already there and existing and you come and be a part of it and through being a part of something that already exists you will have a significant influence in Africa is that could that be the right fulfillment? God showed me there'd be some people that maybe God has gifted you and graced you in business and the ability to really earn money and you love the kingdom of God and you actually sow into people that go and you sow significantly in and people go over and have an influence in Africa and you never set foot in but through the grace that is on your life you have a significant influence in Africa is that possibly a fulfillment God showed me that there might be someone that doesn't go and maybe they're not gifted and graced to really uh, produce wealth for the kingdom of God. But that there's, there's someone like or who we just prayed over there, that you, you sit down with someone and man, something comes alive in you and you start to walk with someone and maybe God has gifted you to walk with someone for a year or two and just impart life and blessing and the, the heart of God and you've done them so much good and They and they're called to go to Africa and then they go and through your input into their life you haven't gone you haven't sown but you've done something in their life and you have a significant influence is that what it could mean i want you to understand we hear the same thing you will have significant influence in africa but we must say god how does that look to you remembering he's in the future now and what is the the real thing of prophecy is god saying would you let me would you like to see what it looks like from where i stand now that's what I want, God. I hear your words, but if you are, God, if you are right now when I'm seventy, you're there now. Would you show me what it looks like so I step towards what actually you're calling me to do? And I really feel that Father really wants us to see some things, and today. This morning and tonight, I think that some of our starting positions, Father actually wants to shift our starting position. And for some, He wants to shift the lens through which we look. Praise God, you're an awesome. You can come sit down. Praise God. Thank you. Everyone say thank you. And so here's one of the things that, let me say this from the start. Some of us in this place are struggling at the point of understanding, or rather the lack of understanding. When it comes to what God is doing, what God is not doing, if it comes to what's happening in this church, what's not happening in this church, if it comes to what's happening in our life, not happening in our life, some of us are at a place where we say, if I can just understand, then I can step forward. Help me to understand. And as as one called to... minister to you this morning, there was a time that old Steve would have tried to almost uh, uh, take on the responsibility to get you to see it and to get it. And this is what God spoke to me, and I want you to hear this, this because this is the word of the Lord for some of you here right now. If I can persuade you to believe something, then you or someone else can dissuade you from believing it. If I can convince you of something, then someone else can remove that. If you can naturally understand the things of God, it will have limited or no effect in our lives. I'm convinced that it needs to be the Spirit of God that brings revelation. That's what I need. That's what you need. And some of us are at this point of I don't understand, so I can't step forward. Can can I just encourage you right now? If you're at a point with God that I don't understand, so I can't step forward, why don't we? Why don't we, by the Spirit of the Living God, kick the devil? Let's start right there and reverse. The, the, the whole lens of this, I don't understand what a wonderful thing, God, that you are not so small that you're contained to my level of understanding. We see a lack of understanding as a negative, it is a positive. Because it is a welcome invitation into a doorway with God, I don't get it, I don't understand, I'm even stuck. Would you please reveal truth to me? Are you hearing me? One of the couple of phrases that I just want to lean into this morning and tonight is that we need God. I've already said, and you go, that, that's cool. We don't need God just to get saved, although we do. We need God. We need God all the time. We need God always. And, and, and sometimes we need our focus of needing God is this. I need God in order to do something. I need God to give me the ability to do something. Some of us in this room, are, that's where we're at right now. God, I, I know what it is. I can't do it. Um, I'll put up my hand. Anyone else put up their hand. You, in any situation in your life, you go, man, God, I need you to give me the power to do this. Maybe some relationship restoration. Maybe some whatever it may be in your life. And if we're not careful, we'll focus on we need God in order to have the ability to do. Can I tell you where more of us in this room are at? We need God to give us the desire to even want to do. Can I step into your world for a moment? God, I said we're going to have a sort of like a conversation is this okay? I'm a man who's walked with God my whole life. I love God. I love His Word. I love His Spirit. But sometimes my prayer to God is, God, give me even the desire to want to do the right thing right now. Some of you might be absolutely shocked by that. that but every single one of us in this room, if we're honest, at times, even the desire is not there. When I say we need God, God, He sets supply all of our needs, and that's not Financial although at times it can be financial, that's, that's, he is everything we need. We need him. I wonder if you go to the book of Acts chapter 17. I, I want to read you one passage here. Acts chapter 17. I'm going to read verse 24. I pray by the Spirit of God even as we read this that all of us in this room will just have a greater revelation, I need you, God. And when I say I need you, I'm not talking about for a certain thing. I'm talking about for everything. I I need you from beginning to end. Some of us have got to a place in God where if we're not careful, we're in a pretty good place. We need God. If you're far off from God, you need God to even step towards him. No one has got saved by them initiating with God, but only responding to a God they initiated even before the foundations of the world. We need God. We need God. In our relationships, come on. We need God. The way I, I think I see it doesn't always work. We need God. And this is what the word says in Acts chapter 17, verse 24. It says that God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and of earth. And he does not live in temples built by human hands. Can I just remind you, God who made the world and everything in it, he's the Lord of heaven. He's the Lord of earth. He doesn't live in a physical place. He's not contained to that which we can make. Aren't you glad about that? Come on, I I want us to see how much God is so much bigger than us, and we need him. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. I I don't know your theology, but God doesn't need us. We need him. Come on, I'm not doing God a favor by being here. Come on, God doesn't need my favor. I cannot impress the one who created everything from nothing. I can please him by faith, but I can't impress him. Come on, uh, sometimes we've got this mentality, if I can do this with God, God would be pleased because it's almost like somehow I can impress him. No, no, no. God is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. He does not need me to impress him. I need Him. Rather, He Himself gives everyone... I just love this language. He gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Just in case you're thinking, how about this and how about this? Let's just cover it. We need Him. If you're not a Christian, if you're a baby Christian, you walk with God 40 or 80 years, we need Him just as much... Hmm. You might say, this is so simple. Yeah, I just feel this is one of the core things that God wants me to bring today. Because if you can go, I get it, we need him, and move on, we don't get it. I'm going to challenge us today. If we can go, yep, that's cool, now give me something meaty. This is meaty. We need God. I wonder if there's any believers, any people reliant upon God even to breathe would say, we need God. Would you say it if you believe that? We need God. Come on, say it again. We need God. Everyone say, I need God. God. He gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations. I just love the focus on God. He, he made the world. He's the Lord. He doesn't need us. He's not limited to what's built by human hands. He made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. We need God. God did this so that they would seek him. And perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. That's good news. For in him. Everyone say in him. Amen. Say it again. In him. Amen. For in him we live and we move and we have our being. Man, I just want us to get this today. In him we live We move and our being, we don't exist outside of God saying, I want you, Chris, right now at this time in history. Steve McCracken is not alive for any other reason that God Almighty says, I want you now. I don't need you. I want you. Come on. That takes my level of significance to a whole new level. If we are wanted only because we're needed, that's one thing. But if we're wanted because we're wanted, mm, that's nice. Adoption to sonship, I might have said it before. That's 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 a deeper level than for me even just natural God saying you're my child. He says, no, I've adopted you to sonship because you can accidentally get pregnant and have a child and not even want them. But you cannot accidentally adopt. That is always a choice. I want you. And God says you are here because I want you. I am breathing because God wants me. I exist because God wants me. It is for His pleasure. Oh, that we exist. Come on, He is self-existent. Let's let's just listen. God is self-existent. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are complete. Are you with me or not? Do you believe that? If not, then He ain't God. Can we just... Really, really allow God to take us on a a little bit deeper right now. He doesn't need us. He's self-existent. He didn't need the world. He didn't need creation. He doesn't need angels. He doesn't need humans. He wants it. (sighs) Thank you, Father. In Him. Notice it doesn't say from Him we live and move and have our being. So much of what we're wanting to receive from God is not from God, it's in God. And we need a deeper revelation. If you've got him, you have what you need. In him, we live and move and have our being. I might have said it before, I don't know what I said, but I'm just going, I'm just having another conversation. How many people know that when you hear something is great, when you hear it again is great, when you hear it again is great. God sometimes wants to layer it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. What we need is in God, not from God. Hmm. Otherwise, this is why I feel God's saying to me right now. Otherwise, our greatest focus is. Right now I just need joy or I just need peace or I just need healing and the focus is that's what I need and we will and again we get stuck until God you give me what you I need and he's saying it's not from me it's in me and I live in you I'm convinced in my own life and in your life that what we need is a greater revelation that I Already have what I need, but we're waiting to receive what we perceive we need. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. Do you know the peace of God is not from God? It's in him. The fruit of who he is, you got peace in there. What's he called, Isaiah? The Prince of that's who I am. Praise the name of Jesus. We need God. For in him we live and move. And have our being. I want to to lean into that more. And we're going to meditate probably on a chapter tonight. And I want to lean into that more tonight. But here's the second thing. And it all flows together. I think I've got three things I think Father wants me to say here today. Here's the second thing he's been saying to me and When I say it, at first you go, okay, but I want you to let me drop it into your spirit. Is that cool? Who we are and what we do is a spiritual reality that impacts the natural. It is not a natural reality that is blessed by and empowered by the spirit. You being a believer is not a natural thing that God came and blessed and empowered your life. The church of Jesus Christ is not a natural thing that God blesses and God empowers. You might say, this is semantics. No, this starting position needs to shift. Because in him we live. There's nothing natural about him. And if the Bible says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, how many people know that's a spiritual reality? God is spirit. Are you with me? And I want to take us even, and you know some of these scriptures, but again, let's not miss the new thing that God wants to just speak and take us to another level. If you're hungry, God, in this next little while, is just going to bring revelation, truth to a whole new level. I want to plant it in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. We know this scripture. I really, man, when God just started to speak this to me for the body of Christ only in the last month or two, it's something shifted on the inside of me. I'm not just a natural man that is blessed by God. I'm not just empowered by the Spirit. I am actually born again of incorruptible seed. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I am literally the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing natural. My starting position is not a natural man. God, I need you to somehow come externally and just empower me in what I do. No, I am a spiritual man. I am born again by the power of the Spirit. And if you're a believer, so are you. You're a spiritual being. I remember when I saw my grandpa when he passed away. And I went in there and he was lying there. And he, he had gone. And I remember I was a, a teenager, or maybe early twenties, and I remember looking at him, and the, instantly the first thing I thought, and the words that came out of my mouth is, "That's not Grandpa. He's not there." If you've seen a if you've seen a body, a dead body, you you realize that that's a shell. See, God talks about creating us before the foundations of the earth. You need to understand you're a spiritual being that. And there's an impact in the natural. You're not a natural being that is blessed by and empowered by externally the spirit of the living God. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying here. It starts, it changes the way we walk. The church of Jesus Christ is not a natural organization with programs and events that hopefully God will bless and God will empower. So hopefully we can do some good. We need a shift to come into our lives of the starting point of the church, of us, of you, of together. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Come on, this is what the church is built on. Who do you say that I am? And they say, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah or one of the other prophets. And it's the same in the world today. Who is God? Some will say it's Buddha. Some will say it's Muhammad. Some will say it's Christian. Some will say it's Jesus. And then... I, I. Man, this politically correct man, we're all together, it's all the same God, different ways. It is not the truth, and though the truth, the truth will set you free. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. You might say that's exclusive, it's truth. He says, Who do you say that I am? hasn't changed today. And and Peter said, You are the Christ. Jesus said to him, Who who do you how about you? They say You could be anyone. How about you? He says, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you. I I, I love that. He's done nothing but just said, this is who you are. You're blessed. If you know who God is, you're blessed. Can, Can I say this? Let me just, can I just push some things theologically for a moment? If you have God, you cannot be more blessed we got to understand the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Where God came on and externally met with to where God comes and lives on the inside of us and we are a new creation in the Old Testament we had the whole prayer of Jabez and we pray that come on God I just need you would you come and bless me would you come and bless me would you come and bless me like we need something external God himself is not enough I want to declare that God himself is enough and the Bible says in Ephesians 1 3 that we praise God because he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places because it's in Christ and if you have Christ you cannot be more blessed this needs to be our starting point I am blessed not God Will you bless me but thank you God I am blessed I don't feel it doesn't matter this is the spiritual reality otherwise it's, a, it's always an external in it's always a natural in but even prayer itself it's nothing natural Our Father in heaven, hallowed be in the name. Come on, God, we need your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Whatever exists in heaven, God, we need that to exist on the earth. If it doesn't exist in heaven, God, then we forbid it to exist on this earth. Come on, what is that? Is that a natural thing, God? Would you bless it? No, it starts in heaven. It's a spiritual thing, and it will impact the natural. And the church of Jesus Christ, said, You are blessed because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. There is nothing natural about you knowing who God is. It's a spiritual thing. This was not learned in Bible school. This was revealed by the Spirit. You can know about Him, but you can't know Him. And it says this was not revealed. It is a spiritual reality. The fact that I stand before you right now is a spiritual reality. The fact that you're sitting here in church today is a spiritual reality. And it will impact the natural, but it doesn't start in the natural. Like with choosing God, you did not choose me, but I chose you. It is not a natural thing that I came and blessed. It is a spiritual thing that I was calling you. And, and I revealed myself to you, and you said yes to me. It is a spiritual thing. In the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, you. Not in the beginning, me. It is a spiritual thing, and it impacts the natural. The spiritual thing called that which was not as it was, and it came into it existence we need to understand that we are a spiritual thing the church of Jesus Christ is a spiritual thing he said it was revealed not by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven that's a spiritual thing and it impacted the natural it impacted you Peter and it took away that which hindered you from seeing clearly and now you see clearly it's a spiritual thing and it's impacted your sight Peter and now you can see it says you're Peter son of Jonah and on this rock Not Peter, on this rock, not Jesus, but on the revelation of who he is, seeing him as he is. Jesus says, come on, come on, come on, come on, help me preach. I will build my church. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the eternal world before the foundations of the earth says, I will build my church. Come on, tell me how much natural there is in that. The church is not an organization, program has never changed the life, it's the spirit of God. A sermon has never changed life, it's the Spirit of God. A song has never changed life, it's the Spirit of God. Or it can move the emotions and it can change some circumstances, but it cannot change life because life is God. He who has a son has life. I just want to, I don't know if I'm conveying my heart to you clear enough, but I'm just trying to say it's a spiritual thing. Jesus says, I'll build my church. When you get a revelation, which actually comes from me, my father revealed this spiritual thing impacted the natural. I'll build my church. A spiritual thing, it will impact the natural. Come on. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why? Because it's a start with him. It's not because we're spiritual warriors that overcome. It's because Jesus is the one building. It's a spiritual thing. And when Jesus is building his church based on a revelation that actually comes from him, then the gates of hell cannot prevail because it's God that's doing the work. It's God that's building this church. It's a spiritual thing. The rock is a spiritual thing. Santa Cruz, you're a spiritual thing. I'm a (laughs) Christian. We got too many people adding God to their life and going, "Why is this not working?" Because we're saying it's a natural thing, and we'll add a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. I've often said that God has no desire to be part of your life, which goes down really well because He doesn't—zero desire to be any part of your life. Are you blessed? You don't want to be a part of your life. That is the world's way, because in everything else, we add sports, and we add music, and we add some school, and we add some coffee, and we add some (laughs) different things to our life, and it's another part of our life, and God says... If that's the way it is, then your starting position is wrong. You're saying it's natural. I want to be blessed by God and be empowered by God. I want to enjoy this. I want to enjoy that. Sometimes I'll do this. Sometimes I won't do this. God says, no, I don't want to be a part of your life. I want to be your life because I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's a spiritual thing. It will impact the natural. we got to stop approaching it as a natural thing that is blessed by and empowered by the Spirit of the living God. When Jesus built his church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it because it's a spiritual thing. But then he says, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Come on. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. It doesn't say, I will help you build a great church. I will help you to fill it. And overflow it. I will come and I'll empower you so that your programs are the best in the city and they flock to it. No, I will build it. The gates of hell will not prevail because I am building it and I'll give you keys to the kingdom. We are so many times asking God to bless that which we choose to do and He says, No, I'll give you the keys. Come on, if God's giving us the keys, then that determines the doors. To be unlocked. Huh. I'm just seeing this now. We walk through a door and say, God, would you bless this as we walk through? Come on, God, would you bless this today? This is what we're doing, God. Come on, bless it, bless it, bless it. And I'm not, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, man. If that's where you're at, then that's better than just doing your own thing and saying stuff, God. True or not true? God, I'm... God, I want your blessing. That's great. But it's not where God wants us to be. He wants us to be God. If God says, I'll give you the keys. Come on, if you've got 15 doors and He gives you three keys, how many people know that there's twelve doors that won't open? But what we're doing is we're kicking down some doors and saying, God bless it. If I give you the keys and that determines the door to be opened, it's a spiritual thing that impacts the natural. Huh. I recently was ministering in Cairns in in Australia to some pastors and leaders. And before I went, I said, as I always do, Father, what do you want me to say? And, and you know, going to pastors and leaders, it's easy to naturally think about speaking about pastors and leaders, about what we're doing in the church and what's happening. And God said this to me as clear as anything he says. This is what I want you to talk about, Steve. What's God's story? Because we get together and we talk about our story and what we're doing and our plans and our purposes. and Come on, God, we want you to bless it. Lord, we don't want to do this without you. Can you just stop and think about how ridiculous that statement is? <laughs> I don't want to do this without I will never leave you or forsake you. It's not that I will be with you or won't be with you. It's just, see, if we author it, we have to ask God to bless it. But if God authors it, it is blessed. God, I need you to empower this. If we're saying, God, I need you to empower this, then I, I, I question our starting point of either reality or perception. Because if I'm, and I, I, I'm, I'm actually, half of this stuff I'm actually hearing for the first time right now as it's coming out of my mouth. So I'm speaking to me right now. I raise God, I just need you anointing. Hang on, Stop. I live in you, and if I've called you, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So how about we stop asking God, I need you to bless us and empower us. How about we start, I wonder if that's this whole thing about the peace of God guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus in Philippians talks about making every prayer and request with thanksgiving. Maybe it's God, thank you God that I am blessed and I am empowered by you because you live in me. I am seated with you in heavenly places. I have the mind across God, I want to thank you that you're for me, not against me. And I want to thank you that you have mapped out, come on, the steps of a good person are ordered by God. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Thank you, God, that you're doing some things. Lord, your story is you love people towards yourself. Would you help me to see what you're doing today and be a part of that? I just want to declare it's a spiritual reality. And notice I'm not saying a spiritual thing because that's not what God said to me because the thing's a little bit ambiguous. It's a reality. I'm going to speak into something tonight maybe. Who knows? Um, But let me just say this one line. God has shown me that things are established spiritually before they're manifested naturally. They exist spiritually before we see it naturally. We think something happens when we see it. God has started to do something. I need you to hear me. If you plant a seed and cover it up, and you water a seed, and nothing's happening, and nothing's happening, and nothing's happening, and nothing's happening, and you're watering it, and nothing's happening, and then one day you see the first shoot come through the ground, we go all nuts and start celebrating, <gasps> it's, something's happening. Something's happening. How I many people know that before you saw it, something was happening? We celebrate the evidence, but we need to know it exists before we see the evidence. Right now I'm saying some things and some of you are going, what the heck is he saying? That's okay. It's a spiritual thing. to. I just want to shift us from natural thinking, blessed by God, natural thinking, empowered by God. This is a spiritual thing. I am blessed and empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. And God's church is a spiritual thing. God's people is a spiritual thing. If anything of God grows, it's not because God blessed it. It's because God initiated and God is bringing the growth. And I just want to encourage us that it's a spiritual thing. You know the battles that we're facing in life? It's a spiritual thing. Some of us in our life right now are saying, God, I need you to... And I'm speaking to myself. but The Bible says in Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the armor of God. Can I just stop right there? The armor of God. The armor. Steve, put on your armor. No, put on the armor of God. It's a spiritual thing. Do you know the armor is not even mine? It's his. I want to show you that everything is his. It's in Him. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the enemy. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not a natural thing. But against principalities and powers and spiritual forces and heavenly places, this is a spiritual thing. I love what it says in Revelation chapter, I think it's 12, verse 10 and 11. Um, And... It talks about the accuser of the brethren has been hurled down. Hmm. And it says, we overcome him. How? The blood. the blood of the lamb. And the word of our testimony. Can I just tell you what I feel God is saying to me? We overcome, again, this is a spiritual thing. It's not by me just trying to slave my guts out. This is about, we overcome how? By the blood of the lamb we say the blood of the lamb we say the word of our testimony there's two things and i felt god said no there's four things steve we overcome by the blood that is what god has done of the lamb that's who he is come on we overcome because of who god is and what god has done and the word, the confession, the agreement that we come into of our testimony, not based on what we are seeing right now, but what we see in the spiritual realm. A testimony is what you see. Can I declare that we need to start to testify about what we see in the spirit realm, not just in the natural realm. But right now, things aren't happening. There's no breakthrough. this I still feel this. Come on, what is the word of God? Say, who is God? We need to start to declare it because it's established in the spiritual before we see it in the natural. And the the. The connection between what is already established and what we see is what comes out of our mouth. Why? Because it's a spiritual thing. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. We need God. And it's a spiritual thing. And uh, I want to lean into that and some other things a bit more tonight. But the other thing I want to say to us here briefly... Which is actually the first thing God said to me a couple of months ago for this trip. But I felt God say, No, I need to lay the foundation that we've laid, that we need God. And that this is a spiritual reality and it impacts the next Can I just before we move on, I feel God just really pushing me on. We really need to ask God, Would you give me revelation to see? We really do. Because right now, some of us in this room are trying to think through what I've said and understand it. Good luck with that. I'm empowering you. Because again, if we can understand it, and if that's our criteria for moving forward with God, then we are saying it's a natural thing, and God blessed it. The starting point is wrong. I admit to you freely. I need God, the amount of things in the Word that I read, God, you're going to have, anyone else? Your Word says this, and I see this, God, I need you. Oh, I'm loving you by really pushing some of us here this morning, I realize this, because I just said, I read this in your Word, and I see this, and my posture is, God, I need you. Because my starting point is, God, you're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should change your mind. If there's a disconnect between, between what you say and what I see, it's not because of anything in you, God. You don't change, and you're not, not good. You are good. I see in part. I know in part. I'm a man. I need you. But there's some people in this room, and please hear me in love, when you hear what God says and you see this, rather than saying, God, I need you, you go, No. If God says this and it's not happening, then I don't want anything to do with him. We step away from God because of a lack of understanding, which means we've reduced it to a natural thing and not a spiritual thing. God loves you so much that he's not letting me move on right now. This word understanding is tripping some of you up in this room. You need to understand the God that created you, gave you the mind. It is a gift to know Him. Love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the very thing that is given as a gift to know Him is the very thing that has become our stumbling block from knowing Him because we say, No, I need to naturally, humanly understand an infinite God. When I say it like that, how do you feel? I don't want to walk with the God I fully understand. I don't. If I can explain him all to you or you can explain him to me, then I don't want him because he's no bigger than me. He's no more powerful than me. He's no more knowing than me. Isn't he infinitely, immeasurably? This is good news. Your lack of understanding is a good thing and you made it a bad thing. I can't step towards you because I don't understand. That's a great place to be this morning. God, I don't understand. I need you. God goes, finally. Yeah. Finally. How can we understand eternal God with a puny little finite mind? Some of you are just giving yourself an ulster trying to understand God. I'm not yelling at you. I'm trying to say, Seriously? Throw your hands up in the air, I don't understand, God. So I need you to show me. Some of you go, I'm not sure I even want that. So here's your starting point. God, I don't even know if I want you, so give me the desire to want you. God's not going to force us. He can plan anything in anything, and it can grow. I... <clears throat> I'm just getting a little bit internally angry at the enemy right now that has kept some of us in a stuck place. And we think it's realistic. And the only part of that that we got right is the R-E-A-L part. It's natural. It's real. It needs to be supernatural. God, I need you. I need you to live this Christian life, but I need you to even want to desire this Christian life. And if your word says something and I see this, God, my starting point is, I don't understand me. God, help me. God, help me. We need God. It's a spiritual reality. And upon that foundation, let me mention just briefly, and then we're going to close. What I feel, the phrase, and after God downloaded it because he said, the statement, and then he said three things, and I'm going to give them to you. After he did all that, because you need to understand, I'm in different places all the time, and you know, like last weekend, preached six times; the weekend before, five times. So I'm talking. I don't know where I, what I said, where I've said it, and how I've said it. Okay. But afterwards, God then made me look back to a previous time, and I see that I think it was on a Sunday night. I said something similar. Which doesn't mean I go, oh, I said something like that, I can't say it again. It means God saying, I really need the word of the Lord to come a second time. So let me tell you the statement God said, and it's this. He told me to briefly talk about the authority that you live under. We need God. This is a spiritual thing. And it's three things. And he has... The word authority means the power or right to give orders, (laughs) to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. That's the dictionary definition of the word authority. And the word of the Lord to you and me right now is, what authority do we live under? And here's the three things, and please stay with me because the last one was really revealing. The first thing is this, for some, the word authority causes an, an internal reaction. I say, what authority you live under, and something in the inside of you goes, uh. and this is what God said. For some, it's because it's been abused and misused. True. Can we be real on, in church? I've been under abusive authority before, and I felt God say, for you, I pray that Father brings a healing and a freedom that can only be found in Christ. What we do is when there is a misuse of something, we don't go to God to see clearly the proper use. We reject the whole thing because of misuse. But what God has shown me, which I'm going to show you in the third thing, is there's some blessings of God that are trying to chase us down. That are eluding us because we are not under the authority that God says, I want you to be under. For some it's been abused and misused and I do pray, Father, it brings healing and freedom today that is in Christ. But for some, and I want you to get this, it is the result of buying into the lie of the spirit of this age that says you can't tell me what to do. The spirit of this age is rampant, it's entitlement. I should have now, I shouldn't have to work for it, give it to me, I have a right to it. It is rampant. And it's antichristal. Not my will, God, I want your will to be done. There's no, there's no entitlement about that. And it's also, don't you tell me what to do. We've got it even in schools now. Teachers are hamstrung, they can't even enforce things because... And we, we do it for the sake of expressive freedom and just what a load of crock what rubbish look at the fruit look at the fruit and and i i really want to pray that if today it's not the result of abuse or misuse and sometimes the the result of the abuse or misuse is we then step into i got to protect myself so no one will ever tell me what to do again We're sticking to the second because of the first, God wants to bring healing to both. He really, 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 really does. And here's the second thing God said to me on that. He says, Steve, do you know that everybody lives under the authority of somebody? Because if we say no one will tell me what to do, that doesn't mean that you're not living under authority. It means that you have become the authority in your life. I I want you to hear what I'm saying. If we have this posture, you won't tell me. Because here's the question from God. Who has the right of command in your life? Who has the right to tell you what to do? You might say, only God. Well, I say if that's true, then I, I celebrate with you no end. But even if you say it's God, let me ask you a question. Does that mean if he'll say anything and you'll go, okay, yes, Lord? Or do we read the fine print? Enter into a discussion? Give God all the reasons why now is not a good time? Why we can't do what he says? Do we truly live under the authority of God? How about when he says, forgive those that are your enemies? Do we live under the authority of God when he tells us to do something we don't want to do, which is what I preached here previously? But I feel him say, even in the natural, do you know that I'm 45 years of age? I've been in ministry of one form or another since I was a teenager. I'm accepted as a prophet here and around the world. But do you know if my natural father, David McCracken, who is my spiritual father, who is my Elijah and I'm his Elisha, if he says, Steve, I don't want you going there, or Steve, I don't want you saying that, do you know what my response would be? I'm not going. I'm not saying it. Can I I push it further? Including if I felt God tell me to do it. You're saying, so you're putting your natural father above God. No, I'm saying God is not confused. And he says, submit to every authority. And he is the delegated authority in my life. And I know that when I feel I hear God saying something and Dad says, I don't want you to, do you know that I am now free in the eyes of God, the responsibility is on Dad. But Dad, I've lived long enough to know Dad's not going to judge by it because God's actually testing my heart. It doesn't mean I didn't hear Him. It means that God's doing something deeper that I don't see because it's a spiritual thing. Do you know that I'm free and I can run free in ministry because my dad protects me and covers me and releases me. So what authority are you under? Because everyone lives under the authority of someone. And here's the last thing. Okay. I want to speak to the people in this room right now that internally are going, you're reacting against what I'm saying. Because Father's showing me that it is a few. And there could be very good reasons. great Steve, you just like the rest of them, you. Yeah. I'm going love you enough to almost beg you. For some of you, it might be dare you, I don't know. I want to encourage you, I want to urge you, I want to beseech you. You use the word you want. To say today... Because I'm speaking truth today. I'm speaking truth today. Being under authority is under protection. It's not under control. Now, if there's an abuse of it, that's because it's an abuse of it. It's not it. Marriage is created by God. Can I hear an amen if, if you believe that in this church? He created what God put together. But to some marriages, is there abuse, is there dysfunction, is there breakdown, is there is, is there broken promises, and does it end in devastation? That's a reality in our world. But does that mean marriage, therefore, is no good and it's not? I want you to understand what I'm saying. It's still of God. People can abuse and abuse, but I don't throw it out. We're throwing out what God authored because of human abuse and excess, we are therefore placing what people do as higher authority than what God does. I just got to bring it down here, and some of us are eternally internally kicking against, and I just want to say, please don't throw what God initiated. you know the reason in the very beginning, God created us in His image and His likeness. He blessed us. Man, we were under the authority and protection of God when we stepped down and said, No, I will make my own decisions. I will eat the fruit. Look at what happened. We want the blessing of God, but we want to do it our way. It doesn't work, people. But here's the last thing He said to me, and I, I love this. He goes, Because some of you are under the wrong authority. This is a phrase, I've never thought it before. You are escaping the blessings of God that are trying to chase you down. There's some things that we're praying for, asking for, wanting. And God says, man, I want them to chase you down and overthrow, overflow you. But we need to come under the authority of God. And even the author- human authority that God has delegated, I could probably we probably need to speak on this for hours, but I'm not going to because again, I don't want to persuade you. I want to be a work of the Spirit. I wonder if the keyboardist can come. We're going to pray, but this is I read it before. I want to say it again. Ephesians one three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ I wonder if we can put our things aside we can just close our eyes not because it's spiritual but just so that you're not distracted I know I've said a few different things But I wanted to honour what Father gave me for you. And the first thing is we need God. Second thing is it's a spiritual reality that impacts the natural. It's not just a natural thing that's blessed by and empowered by the Spirit. And the third thing is who is the authority that you live under? I feel God say that because everyone is... Your story is unique. God is coming and wanting to meet with you where you are on your story right now. And I wonder if you'd take a moment with Father right now. And say, Father, I need you to show me what I need to see. So I can live fully alive in you. Because that's God's desire in this place today, my friends. He didn't send me here to beat up when you sent me to encourage you and empower you to walk with Him. And Some of us need that starting. For some of you, as God, I don't want to stay stuck any longer at my place of understanding or a lack of understanding. I think that's one of the biggest things for many of us in this place. wonder if overriding everything is God I just need you maybe I don't even know what to pray right now because I'm stuck God I need you maybe it's my heart is maybe a bit distant or cold because of what people have done or didn't do or maybe what I've done or didn't do God I need you there is not a person in this room that is in a place or position in your life right now that doesn't need God. That's the truth. That's the truth. And if you have any element of thinking, that's not me, then I, I, I encourage you. I dare you to say, God, help me to see this. We need you, Father. We need you, Jesus. We need your Holy Spirit. While every person in this room just has a... As your eyes close right now, if, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which is coming under his authority, which is coming under his protection, which is coming under his blessing, which is walking with him to know him. While every eyes is closed and you say, Steve, would you just pray for me? I want to accept Jesus Christ. I wonder if you just lift up your hand real high, and I just want to pray for you. No one's looking around. No one's looking around. Is there anyone here today? If so, just lift it up high. I don't want to miss you. God. Praise God. Father, as we move forward today, I pray with all my heart that every person will join me entering this week of God I want to see from your perspective. I want to see where I'm at from your perspective. I want to see my relationships from your perspective, my work from your perspective. God, I want to see my need for you from your perspective. Lord, bring revelation that in you we live and move and have our being. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need you, God. God, we acknowledge some of us in this room. We need you, Lord, to even think or consider forgiving that person. We need you, God. We need you, God. Father, I want to thank you that you are doing a good thing in our lives and I thank you that every person in this room you love so dearly. You take them by the hand and just walk forward with them. Walk forward with them today. And with the Spirit of God, just continue to speak to people even throughout the rest of this day. And bring the revelation so... It's not a human persuasion. And I thank you, God, for your word, for your spirit, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.